before we even kick off the podcast, I just want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. Hi, I'm Coach Tony Schiffman, and welcome to the Hog Football Podcast, where we talk all things football and all things offensive line. Today, I've got Coach Mike Vassell with me. Coach Vassell is currently the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach at Becker College out in uh, out on the East Coast. Uh, he is a former D1 offensive lineman at North Carolina State and has over 10 years of coaching experience at both the high school and collegiate level as a, an offensive line coach, an offensive coordinator, and special teams coordinator. Um, so, Coach, welcome. Glad to have you. I, uh, I was looking through your bio um, and... I did not realize that you had spent so much time out in North Carolina. Uh, yeah. So uh, originally from Arlington, Virginia, I grew up most of my life in North Carolina. Uh, that's where I played my high school balls, obviously where I went to college, played right. at NC State. Uh, it's where I, you know, started cutting my teeth uh, coaching football as well. Awesome. Well, we're going to we're going to talk about that a little bit because I spent some time out there as well. So uh, oh, awesome. I want to I want to get into that a little bit as we get going here. But um yeah. First question I've got for you is is talk to me a little bit about um, how the offensive line played a role in some of the more successful teams you've you've been a part of. Well, I, you know I've, I've you know I, I guess to start answering the question, I've been on an array of different teams throughout my life, playing and you know obviously coaching. Um, at each level, it was like a different system. But the one thing that was always transparent, at least to me, and I felt it was too to the staffs I've been a part of, is no matter what the system is, the, the five guys that comprise your offensive line as starters and then those guys that are the pieces behind them, if they're not cued in, if they do not know how to function as a group and they do not understand what you're trying to accomplish, there'd be no success. Uh, afterwards. I mean, it's, you know, it's one of the most beautiful things about any sport I've ever watched because all five guys got to be on the same page at all times. And, and they have such a tremendous impact. I mean, you know, not a lot of people think about it, but on the offensive side of the ball, your offensive line comprises roughly just under half of the people on the field for you. Right. You think about, you take a test, and already, you know, 40-something percent of your offense isn't on the same page and failing. You know, best-case scenario, you're going to pull a D. Not too many offensive guys keep their jobs when uh, their best <laughs> shot is getting a D. Right. You know? <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. I don't think a lot of people realize that. That's 100% accurate. So, um, you know, going, going through, <clears throat> you know, some of the schools I was looking at, and we, we, we almost crossed paths a couple times. I'm not sure – where you were at during certain years, but um, that we were close to crossing paths out there. Okay. Talk, talk to the listeners though. Tell the listeners a little bit about, <clears throat> about the uniqueness of North Carolina high school football, because it is, it's an NFL length season. I mean, oh, I don't, God. I don't think a lot of, a lot of coaches realize that you, if you go to the state champ, if you go to the state cha championship game in North Carolina, that's your 16th game. Oh yeah. And that's an NFL, an NFL season right there. And so 
talk talk to the listeners a little bit about that and, and kind of about how the, the level of, of competition out there and, and and how it how it stacks up well no doubt i mean it, i mean not even the just not even counting uh the endowment games that a lot of schools have right uh, in north carolina so you've got the average the average high school football team in north carolina is playing 11 games in a season if they can schedule it so one with an endowment game which is pretty much you know they can they can drop that one if they uh you know if they lose it early on in their non-conference schedule right but i mean it is it is a grind like i know that we're our state has been known for basketball has been known for baseball but you know if you look at some of the guys in the last decade that have you know come out of colleges not just north carolina either but across the country, you're going to see kids that have roots from North Carolina. I mean, you know, you, you think about, you think about SEC schools, make it a habit of coming through North Carolina to pull talent. Right. Um, You know, and it's, you know, Clemson does the same thing. Mark Rick, when he was in Georgia, that man was a regular in Raleigh, just looking for running backs. I mean, you know, Mark Rick took his, took his, took himself all the way out to Tarboro. Oh yeah. Middle of nowhere to go pluck out Todd Gurley and take him to Georgia. So, I mean, you know, across the board, you want to talk about a, a just a talent bed athletically because it just, no matter where you go in the state, you're going to find those kids that have been given the, the, that have hit that genetic lottery, either with speed, with size, with strength. And then what, you know, I always talked about all the time is we've got big fellas in, in North Carolina too. It's just sometimes they aren't, that there isn't there isn't a plethora of coaches to go along with a plethora of athletes. Right. So some of those guys go undeveloped and get overlooked. I mean, there you know there are more than just a Dexter Lawrence or you know for viewers that don't know now Aleem McNeil that just got drafted. There's more than just those two big guys. I mean, you're talking about the same state that put out Julius Peppers, that put out um, Mario Williams. Manny Lawson, John McCargo, Demario Presley, Tank Tyler. Right. You know, these are all in-state North Carolina guys that went to the league. You know, offensive line-wise, you know, in a couple of years, you're going to have a couple of guys like on Clemson's roster and a couple others that are offensive line products from North Carolina. Right. You know, go along with guys like Leroy Harris that played it. I, I played with Leroy most of my life. and ended up getting drafted by Tennessee and had a solid uh, 10-year career in the league. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I can remember, so I was at Roanoke Rapids high school in, in 2014, that season. Okay. Um, And and we actually beat Tarboro that year, Oh Uh, but they, they were down. And I mean, when I say they were down, they were probably, they probably finished 11 and two, you know, Yeah, that's a down year for Tarboro. Exactly. But they were, I remember, um, I remember hearing stories about Todd Gurley, and they they told me that his sophomore year of high school, there were and and now this just this is just a testament to guys that that unfortunately never made it out of the state. Yeah, Todd Gurley's sophomore year of high school, he was the fifth best running back on the team. Oh yeah, and 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 you're just like what? I mean, you're talking about a dude who rushed for like five thousand yards his junior and senior year and was just an absolute man amongst boys, and he's the fifth best guy as a sophomore. Yeah, like what in the absolute heck are they putting in the water at that place? But that's all over. I mean, that's just all over the state. I mean, 
and that's and I mean and you know you 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 played there and you've obviously you know you've spent time as a as a as a college coach recruiting the state I'm sure oh yeah there there's so much talent that never makes it out of there and and just doesn't have what it takes to be successful at in college unfortunately but I mean you talk about pound for pound athlete for athlete North Carolina matches up with with darn near anybody I would think oh oh without a doubt and you know like you know like I had spoken earlier it's just I think one of the toughest things is while we do have coaches in North Carolina the 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 access like some other states do to that elite level of coaching at times you know it it is underserved in 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 a sense and I'm not taking shots at no 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 any of the high school coaches in North Carolina it's just you know you've got you know, every school has that Todd Gurley walking through them, but for one reason or another, you weren't able to pull that Todd Gurley, you know, right. to the to the football field, because again, you know, basketball and baseball are so prevalent in our in our in North Carolina as well. I mean, we we are we we are a hotbed of athletic talent in general. Right, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. I mean, I, again, I only spent a short amount of time there, but I, I definitely I saw some dudes that were flat out jaw dropping in regards to talent in regards to, and that's in any sport and in, in regards to yeah. ability. Um, I mean, shoot my first year there, I, I, I got there in January and, and was the head track coach. We went to the state track meet and I want to say there was a kid from, and now I can't remember the school, but he scored 38 points for his yeah. high school team. And basically got second or third in the state by himself. He had had three first place finishes and a second place finish. And you're watching this kid and you're just like, who, where, what in the heck? Like just absolute dudes. Oh, Uh, coach, not to interrupt you. I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, One of my first coaching stops was a, one of my first places I ever coached. That was a small school out in uh, Granville County. It's called Granville Central High School. Yep. And um, we had this kid. His name was Tevin Hester and Tevin Tevin was all of about five foot six, maybe five, seven on a good day, maybe five, eight. You put the one inch cleats on. Sure. (laughs) Tevin had a full ride to track, a full ride to track to Clemson. I, I, you know, I got a chance to watch some of his meets. When I say outside of maybe two guys in my life, I've seen that were faster than him. Mm -hmm. We won a game one time. Uh, our OC, uh, we had timeout. Our OC pretty much drew up shallow cross, just having Tevin run the shallow underneath. Right. OC told the quarterback, just wait, just wait, just wait. As soon as he clears the tackle box, dump it to Tevin. Dumped it to him. And now, mind you, the defense is playing a prevent. Tevin scored a 70-yard touchdown on a five-yard reception. Right. And he outran about four guys that had the perfect angle in a yeah. pursuit drill and he just he just flew past them kids that had perfect angles i mean you know you just like i said there's <laughs> talent all over the place in north carolina oh yeah oh yeah and it's and it's like you said too it's it's it is every sport every every men women's anything it's 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 everywhere so oh yeah uh, you know looking 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 through your coaching career obviously you're you're you spent a lot of time as an offensive coordinator um, you know, I've been, I don't usually spend a lot of time on the podcast talking about X's and O's, but I've been very intrigued the last couple of, of podcasts I've had. Talk to mm-hmm. me about a, 
your style as an offensive coordinator and B talk to me a little bit about kind of what you, your installation process and, and, and how you go about that and, and sort of what, what is more important than, than the, the, uh, than other things in, in your installation process. Yes, sir. Uh, so I, I'm still kind of figuring out what my style is outside of offensive lineman friendly. Right. <laughs> to, to be honest. And nothing wrong with that. I, I would say yeah. I'm the exact same way. My, my biggest goal whenever, like whenever I come into a program is the first thing I want to do at, is I'm going to look at what we have on the offensive line. You know, if it's a high school, okay, you know, I've got that. If it's a college, all right, what's around that I can recruit, you know, mm -hmm. what process we are. But I start looking at it from, from the offensive line aspect and, you know, playing the position. I'm a little biased. I've always loved running the football. Uh, my goal is to always try to be 50-50, though, between run and pass because you force defenses to really get into a guessing game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my style, I want to be offensive line friendly. In a perfect world, I want to be 50-50. But at like, uh, like at Becker, day one when I went into Becker, I sat down in front of the offense. We had our first COVID-safe meeting. Everybody had masks. Everybody was socially distant. And I looked at them, and I said, all right, my head coach is a gap. My head coach is a defensive guy who wants to be gap scheme. All right, so that means we're running power, running counter. I looked at them. I said, if it's fourth and short or we got to have it, I'm calling power, and we better pick it up. Right. <laughs> so, I, you know, we I always want to find those key kind of those, those core plays that I want to hang that offense's hat on. And that's really kind of where we start. So, like, uh, you know, at the last place I've been at with Becker, I know our head coach wanted us to be more gap scheme. All right. So that means we're going to run power, we're going to run counter. So we've got to hang our heads on it. So when I start building the run game, all right, what goes good with power? What goes good with counter? All right, right. we know we got to have the base level of it because power, you know, power is power, you know, and I've always been more of a fan of the A-gap style power than I have, you know, the, the C-gap extended power. So, you know, starting to start from there, all right, I want to have power, dude, you know, and then from there, that's when it really goes into your hands, really as an offensive coordinator. It's like, right. Do you like double option? Do you like triple option? All right. Do you, you know, are you an RPO guy or are you, you know, are you under center? Are you a pistol? You're a gun guy. I mean, you know, these are things that as I've had the opportunity to study football, like I've tried to incorporate a lot into it, you know, so going into a situation, yeah, we're, we, uh, you know, at Becker, right. You know, we were able to run power from under center, power from under gun. We could get into pistol if we wanted. We could run traditional power. We could read the front or the backside of power. We mm -hmm. could run triple option off power, and we had RPOs off power. But it all came from the basics. When we start installation, this is what power is. Right. Offensive line, understand what has to happen. You know, that, you know if we got a three technique to the play side, we need a very solid, you know, some people call it a deuce. So I always call it a post combo everybody's got a name for it. We got to have this solid double team to the backside, pulling guard. We got to get here. And then from there, you just evolve it. And, and I think a big piece of the installation process that gets lost on our end as coaches sometimes, and it's, you know, something that I always got to make sure I'm pulling the reins back as the mad scientist starts cooking in my head. Right. Is football IQ of the guys you've got. 
what, you know, you have to figure out what that football IQ level is. Because if, you know, in your head, it should, you know, in our heads, it should be easy as heck, like snapping your fingers. Right. Oh, it makes sense. If this guy's not here, I go do this. But some of these guys, again, they, they don't have the same level of coaching. Every kid that comes into your program at every level doesn't have the same level of knowledge that was bestowed on them. Right. So making sure that you can build things and building in the process of making things that are not, not being funny, but so easy, even a caveman can do it. Sure. You know, Hey, you know, what is it? The kiss method, keep it simple, stupid. Right. So starting from there, and then as you want to progress, you start teaching that level of football IQ to the guys as you're installing. And then before you know it, the kids are finishing your sentences. You know, you end up with 11 Drew Breezes that the second uh, the second uh, Peyton starts signaling the play, he just turns around because he already knew what the rest of the call was. Right. So that, I mean, to me, that's the biggest part about install is you start at the fundamental level. And then as you want to expand and as you want to, you know, do different things, give different looks, everything has to build off the base level. As long as you teach the base level to a T, it makes expanding so much easier. Right. It, you know, you, you can, you can go, you can go into anything like uh, when I wanted to install triple option off power with the guys at Becker, we, we spent the time to make sure everybody understood what the job and what the rules were with power. That when I said, all right, this is power triple option. The old line said, we know what we're doing. Right. Sniffer said, all right, I'm obviously not blocking the end because you got to read them because it's triple option. So where do I go? Right. You know, the guy that's been giving me a fake bubble screen, he knew, hey, if I've been doing this the whole time, I must be the third option now. You know what I mean? So it just comes down to teaching that base level. And then when you want to expand, giving them the knowledge that they understand, hey, this is why coaches had me doing this bubble the whole time. Right. Oh, because if that guy's not going to honor it, coach is going to call triple. Now I get a shot to catch essentially a screen pass with a blocker. Right. Well, I mean, so that's to me, those are the those are the key things, the why and the how when you do installation and the focus on the fundamental play that you want to expand off of. Yeah, that's awesome. That's I think that's great. I mean, any all that stuff you just talked about. If any young guys listening, trying to get into coaching or, you know, being a coordinator, doing anything like that, I mean, take notes because that's, you know, that's installing, <laughs> installing football one-on-one right there and, and, and how to do it. So that's, that's awesome, coach. I, you know, that was, that was good stuff right there. Um, yes, sir. Coach, last, last question I got for you, and, and then we'll get you out of here. Um, if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen, from guys you coached, guys you played with, or guys you're just a fan of, who would be on that five-man offensive line? Oh, that's tough. Um, gosh, uh, let's see. Well, you know, a guy, probably one of the first guys that comes to mind to me, and not a lot of people remember him, but it was actually one of the guys I fell in love with, you know, early on before I started playing football, was a guy by the name of Chris Samuels. He was okay. left tackle for uh, what is now the Washington football team. Yep. And just then, Chris Samuels was an Alabama guy. I promise there's no out, there's no, there's no bias there, even though they're putting <laughs> out guys left and right. But Chris Samuels was just a, a day in, a day out, a technician. 
Like you would watch him and, and, you know, and Washington had that same guy later on in, in Trent Williams, just a guy that, you know, it's just this physically gifted, you know, you know, hit the genetic lottery athlete, but right. yet you watch him and just technically sound like, you know, and the same thing you see, like Joe Thomas is another guy that's up there. He says, when you look at tackles to me, you know, those three guys, are kind of like fighting it out. All right, who's coming off the bench between those three? I, mean, I, <laughs> right. I don't think you're losing in that situation. I don't think you're losing, you know, if Joe Thomas, Trent Williams, and Chris Samuels are the three rotating in at your two tackle spots. Um, let's see. Nate Newton, I mean, is a heck of a left guard, played for Dallas. I'm supposed to say boo now, uh, you know, because that's the division rival for right. Washington. But – you know, Nate Newton was a heck of a left guard too. Just uh, you know, again, a lot of the guys that I grew up watching and that I look back on, you know, are technician guys. You know, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, your Larry Allen's of the world are freaking awesome as well because they're like these forces of nature that just bulldoze everybody. And I wouldn't keep him off that mountain either. Right. Probably because he could still knock me the heck out right now. <laughs> Uh, but you know, like to me, if, if I could really build that Mount Rushmore and I have to take some time, I'll send you a graphic coach. You can put it up there. There you go. That way I'll take the flag for it. But to me, it's guys that are technicians. Right. I mean, like, you know, someone to me, like LaCharles Bentley watching him, you know, his career, you know, was cut shorter than it should have been due to injury, but that man was a technician. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, what, what's his name that uh, was with Cleveland for so long? And then he went to Atlanta, uh, Mac. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Shoot, now I can't remember his first name. Yeah, yeah but uh, guys like Alex Mack. Oh, Alex. there you go. There you go. So Alex Mack, guys like that that are just like technicians. Like, you know, I would tell, you know, if I, if I had to tell a young me, watch, you know, watch the guys that are technicians. Like, it, 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 it gets boring, you know. People might not enjoy it because it's boring, but to me, it's it's beautiful because they've been able to train themselves to where it's just so easy. Right. It's so easy for them. The defender's getting frustrated. Then they got to start pulling out their bag of tricks. And, you know, to me, at that point, when you're forcing a guy, whether you're playing the position of O-line, you're forcing a D-lineman to reach deep into a bag of tricks, that means that he's going to be unsound. If, if he doesn't execute it, you know, it's right. the same thing that I try to do as an OC. Like I look at the defense, okay, this is what they like to do. So we need to be able to punch that in the face because then it's going to force that DC to reach into a bag of tricks, which he might not be fundamentally sound. Otherwise that would be his main thing. So, you know, so many times we think about, oh, okay, let's find the soft spot here and let's go pick on the weakest guy. And that has its place. And sometimes you got to do it. But sometimes too is what I've found is what I enjoy is I want to see what you do good. And I want to punch that in the mouth a little bit. Right. Because right. if I can have success there, well, now you've got to change up your entire defense. And I'm going to say your superstars will still be your superstars. But then that average guy to that guy, that's the place filler because you didn't have it they're not going to be as good as that second and third trick in the bag. And that's when, and that's when you end up really being able to cut somebody open as a coordinator. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, to me though, in terms of lineman technicians, like Leroy is a guy, a guy that 
Leroy Harris, I went to high school with him. We played in college together and he went to the league. And that was one thing about Leroy day in and day out that I have always respected about him is day in and day out. Leroy was a technician. Yeah. Couldn't tell you how many times I watched D linemen get so pissed off because they couldn't get past Leroy and they couldn't <laughs> beat him outside and they couldn't set him up to come back inside. Right. Leroy was just so he was just so solid in his fundamentals. And then every now and then Leroy as a center, he wanted to jump you. He he'd snap down the zero and face plant him into the grass and then get up and you know do a little trot just to piss him off a little bit. Right. But I mean, you know, tech fundamentals, technicians, those are what those are what we need more of today's offensive linemen to watch. The big hits and the berries are good, but watch how that but watch how you get to that point. It's sure. not just the finish like we always focus on that too many people focus on focus on the start right. focus on the track too don't just focus on oh yeah he body slammed him in the air okay well how did he get to that point to where he could body slam him right so yeah, yeah. that's awesome that's a that's again that's hitting the nail right on the head with that stuff because it is it's for as for as as much good things that are going on with the offensive line there is still every now and again you get that you get that highlight clip or you get that camp video of a guy just throwing people and yeah, why, you know, but it's, it's unfortunately that the, uh, the people who, who, who want to question it are the ones who know it the best, you know what I mean? And and the ones who just see it as the flash, they're the ones who really don't understand, but that's unfortunately, you know, that's football these days. So it is what it is, but no doubt. Yeah. Well, Coach, do me a favor, drop your Twitter handle and any other information you want these guys to know before we get you out of here. Definitely. Um, uh, well, one, Coach, I appreciate you again having me on. I always love talking ball with you. Um, and if anybody would like to follow me, ever has anybody ever has questions about offensive line play, about, you know, plays in general, schemes, uh, concepts, passing or throw, uh, passing or running, screen, RPO, I, I've never been one to, you know, think it's all a secret and I got to keep it to myself. So you guys can follow me at Coach Vassal, the C and Coach and the V and Vassal are capitalized. Um, as well as if you ever want to shoot me an email, if Twitter's not your deal, it's uh, my last name, V as in Victor, A-S-S-I-L, the letter M, the letter A, five, seven, both numbers at gmail.com. You're more than welcome to shoot me an email with questions, uh, anything of that sort. I always love talking ball, and I can always find time to make that happen. Awesome. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, best of luck to you upcoming, and and uh, hopefully we keep in touch and, and looking forward to talking some more football with you down the road. Oh, without without a doubt, Coach. Anytime you want to have me on, man, let me know. I, if nothing else, I can talk into a box and I can coach football. There's two things I know I <laughs> Awesome. Well, we'll, I'll keep, I'll keep you, uh, I'll keep you up to date on that. Yes, sir. Without a doubt. All right. Take care. You too, coach. Bye-bye. See you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you like, and subscribe, and you can find previous episodes on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. 